Woman wisdom does it all. In the book of Proverbs, the feminine personification of wisdom is undeniably powerful. She builds a house, hews pillars, sends out her servants. But rather than being remote or unattainable, wisdom is also present in the smallest details, mixing wine, setting the table, preparing the food for her guests, even going to the highest point in the city to cry out the invitation to her feast. Seeing wisdom as part of our daily life is very much part of the biblical tradition. As theologian Ellen F. Davis explains in a wonderful article on the book of Proverbs, wisdom seeks to shape our relations with family, community, creation, but also with daily decisions about things like technology and money. The wisdom tradition, she writes, if we take it seriously, forces us to look at how our relationship with God is expressed through myriad daily social practices, including economic practices. It confronts us with the fact that our relationship with God is at every moment inseparable from our relation to the material world. To seek wisdom in the daily stuff of our lives, in lo cotidiano, is a serious choice. As woman wisdom has it, forsake foolishness that you may live. But wisdom presents this serious choice in a spirit of playfulness and joy. When she invites people to forsake foolishness and gain understanding, she isn't inviting them to sit at uncomfortable desks and memorize, well, proverbs. She's inviting them to a feast. And the way she invites them is remarkable. Let whoever is simple turn in here. To accept her invitation means being willing to raise our hands when wisdom asks, who's ignorant, naive, lacking in understanding? No matter how good a party looks, that's a hard invitation to accept. I expect wisdom is smiling, knowing that we can't come to her banquet unless we have the humility to admit our limits and our desire to grow. That playfulness, it turns out, is an essential part of wisdom. Proverbs 9 may portray wisdom as the all-competent teacher, builder, and party thrower, but just a few verses earlier, wisdom describes herself as childlike and full of joy. She was the first of God's creations and God's companion as the world was made. I was daily God's delight, she says, rejoicing before God always, rejoicing in the inhabited world and delighting in the human race. Once we hear the note of joy in woman wisdom's voice, we can hear it more clearly in today's other readings. Our psalm echoes the theme of feasting, telling us that we know God's goodness through what we taste and see, through deliciousness and beauty. It echoes, too, wisdom's solemn and joyful invitation to life. To turn to God is the most serious of choices, but those who choose it will be radiant with joy. The letter to the Ephesians repeats wisdom's invitation to forsake foolishness, and again, the choice is both deeply serious and lit with joy. If you want to live wisely, greet your friends with singing, act drunk because of the Spirit, sing and play before God, and in what's likely to look most foolish of all, give thanks always and for everything, even though the days are evil. In Ephesians, the word for thanksgiving is the same word that gives us Eucharist. 
We heard that word three weeks ago as we began to listen to the Bread of Life discourse in the Gospel of John. In that reading, Jesus asks Philip how they can feed the 5,000 gathered to hear him. The Gospel says Jesus is testing Philip, and I can't help imagining that some, there's some playfulness in Jesus' words, a smile like woman wisdoms. The answer to Jesus' question comes in a child's humble offer of a few loaves and fishes. Jesus, far from spurning the gift, gives thanks, Eucharist, and the 5,000 are fed abundantly. To be sure, the tone of today's gospel is more ominous. Jesus' references to his life given for the world, the setting near the Feast of Passover, the grumbling of his hearers, all point toward his passion. But Jesus, like woman wisdom, is inviting his hearers to a feast. And there is joy here, too. As biblical scholar Raymond E. Brown puts it, in Jesus, wisdom has come to give food to all who seek. Unfortunately, becoming wise isn't quite as easy as sitting down to eat. After today's reading, Proverbs goes on for 21 more chapters of advice to guide us through the daily decisions we still have to face. We're all called to do serious work in our own evil age. But we can't let the times make us hold so tightly to ourselves that our hands aren't free to partake in and share the banquet. As G.K. Chesterton put it, life is serious all the time, but living cannot be. You may have all the solemnity you wish in your neckties, but in anything important, such as sex, death, and religion, you must have mirth or you will have madness. Fortunately, our community gives us many practices that can help us in the daily work of growing in wisdom. Sharing the Eucharist, greeting each other with happiness, if not actual songs and hymns, being the hands through which God answers those who are poor, accepting joy with thanksgiving. Pope Francis has recommended one of his own practices, praying daily for humor, using words attributed to St. Thomas More. It's unlikely, to be honest, that the saint wrote the prayer himself, but with its attention to the everyday, its humility, and its welcoming of joy, it's surely a prayer worth repeating. May it be fulfilled in your life. Grant me, O oh Lord, good digestion and also something to digest. Grant me a healthy body and the necessary good humor to maintain it. Grant me a simple soul that knows to treasure all that is good, but that doesn't frighten easily at the sight of evil, but rather finds the means to put things back in their place. Give me a soul that knows not boredom, grumbling, sighs, and laments, nor excessive stress because of that obstructing thing called I. Grant me, O oh Lord, a sense of good humor. Allow me the grace to be able to take a joke, to discover in life a bit of joy, and to be able to share it with others. Amen.